Hello and welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We're so excited that you're joining us today. This podcast is from our sermon series, Behold, and the title of the sermon is The Proof of Pedigree. If you'd like to read along in your Bible, you can go ahead and get to the book of Matthew, and then towards the end, we're going to check out Genesis chapter 5. So sit back and relax and enjoy this message from our lead pastor, Chris Phillips. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning. We welcome you in this room. We welcome your presence here among us this morning. Come be with us. Speak to each one of us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat. Worship team, good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Like We have somebody, not new, but they haven't been here in quite a while. Come on up here, Austin. Bring your Red Bull with you when you come. Just right there. Everybody know Austin? Yeah. Come on, stand right here. For those of you online, thanks for joining us. This is Austin. This is my oldest son. He has turned 24 years old on Thursday this week. And uh, he seems pretty quiet right now, doesn't he? He's not always that way, but it's hard to believe that I've been a dad for almost a quarter of a century. And so let's sing happy birthday to Austin right quick. Can you mind? Happy birthday to Give him a big hand. Happy birthday. He played right into what I was going to say. <laughs> because he stood up here, he was so quiet. But boy, if you'd have known him when he was young. When he was just a little boy about, before about six or seven years old, that boy would not shut up. <laughs> he talked all the time. And if you wouldn't pay attention to him, he would come up to me and say, hey, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. And if, and if you wouldn't look at him, Mario, he would grab you by the chin and turn your face in his direction. And he would get your attention. See, we're starting a new series this month. It's called Behold. Behold is a word that means to look, to stand in awe. And as we enter into this Advent season, this Christmas season, God is calling each of us to look. I believe, actually, he's been calling all of us to look at him all year. And this year we call 2021 of, of coronavirus. Oh, it's not 2021. This year of 2020, we're praying for 2021 to be better than 2020. But this whole year, I think he's been trying to get us to look, to pause. Sometimes we get so worked up inside that we don't take time to look at what God's calling us to, what he's leading us to, what he's saying to each one of us, because we get so anxious in our own minds that we don't take time to look. And so this series we're starting this month is called Behold. And we're going to look through the book of Matthew. We're going to start in uh, Matthew 1 and 2. Today we're going to read the whole chapter of Matthew. Can I get a big hand for that? Yeah. But we're going to read the whole chapter of Matthew 1 today. But during the series we're going to go through chapter 1 and 2 of Matthew. And then on Christmas Eve we're going to leapfrog over to another gospel. The gospel of Luke. And we got a special guest that's going to be reading scripture that night. You do not want to miss it. I'm telling you, it's going to be great. Um, best scripture reader I've ever heard. You guys probably seen him before, but you haven't seen him up on the platform in quite a while. But it's going to be awesome. So Matthew is the very first book of the New Testament. Who knew that? 
in the way the Bible was laid out. It's actually not the very first book that was actually written in the New Testament. It's the first one in our Bible. And I think the reason why they set it up there is because Matthew is a book of transition. Earlier in this year, we did a series called, uh, well, we did two series in the book of Acts. We did Quarantine and what was the next one? Disruption. That was the other one. And, and, we stayed in, and we stayed in the book of Acts throughout two series. We actually could have stayed in the book of Acts for about six months, to be honest with you. Possibly a year because it was so rich. But the book of Acts, if it was not in the Bible, you would, you would be missing something. Because you go Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And if Acts wasn't there, you would jump into Romans and you would go, hang on, what happened? Because it is in the book of Acts where we see the gospel go from, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so the book of Acts, just like the book of Acts is a book of transition, it fills in some gaps. If Matthew were missing in your Bible, you would be missing something. See, it's a book of transition. It's a book that that's ends one book and begins another. See, the, the Jews in their day, they had a, a scripture. Their scriptures were what? The Septuagint, but it was the Old Testament. Written primarily to the Jews, it was mostly a historical record of the Jewish nations. There were some songs and some psalms in there, and there was some, some prophecy, but it was, it was the history of the Jews. And so if Matthew were not there, you would get lost if you jumped to Mark. Because Matthew builds a bridge. He's a build bridger. The Old Testament talked about the book of promise. You could define it as the generations of Adam. The New Testament is... A book of fulfillment. If you read at it and look at it, you could say it was the generation of Jesus. Isn't it amazing what God did on this earth in one generation? From a stable in Bethlehem. And so one of the purposes of this book is to show us the Old Testament prophecies being fulfilled. And so he's writing to Jewish people. See, one of the things you got to understand when you read the Bible, you got to know some things before you begin. Because where you start begins where you end up. And if you don't understand who the author is writing to, you could be misled and seeing some things in a different way than you would knowing who the author was actually writing to. See, if I was talking to Mario and said something, man, I love you, brother, that'd be different than if I was just looking at my wife and told her I love her. Because it makes a difference who you're speaking to. And so, <laughs> and so Matthew, he introduces a few things. He introduces a few new things. He introduces a new king. See, this book's written to Jews. The Jews have been uh, a country that has a king, and they've been waiting on a different king. In their mind, they're thinking this king's going to come in, he's going to usher in, he's going to take over, and he's going to establish his throne and remove them from under the bondage of Rome. But Jesus came to establish a throne, but it was not a throne of earthly kingdoms. It was a throne that would be established in the hearts of men. He would rule, it was so that he would rule and reign in your heart, that he would rule and reign in my heart. And you know what? The longer I've known Jesus, the more I get to walk with him. He just keeps on getting better, and he keeps on getting better. And I like to say I get better, but some days I don't know, but I'm better than I used to be. Can I get an email from the front row right up here? <laughs> yes. And so, but Jesus came to set up a kingdom in your heart and in my heart. And he also came to establish a new people. 
We did a series back in August called New. And the big idea of that series was Jesus didn't come to fulfill or to finish something old, to continue something old. He came to fulfill all that and establish something brand new. It was a new people group, not a people who, back in the Old Testament, it was about a specific people group. See, the cross rips apart all of our social, racial, and economic divisions at the person of Jesus Christ for those of us who put our faith in him. And we are all one family under Jesus Christ. And so this morning, we're going to go to, we're gonna, like I said, we're going to read the whole book of Matthew. My text is usually a lot bigger than that, but there was so much. I couldn't get it on one page if I didn't make it that small. And so we're going to Matthew 1, King James Version. And um, this is one of those things, if you read it, you might tend to read through this if you're reading the Bible. Because it's the begot section. You know, they begot, he begot, everybody begot. It's the family tree of Jesus. It says this, the book, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac, Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah got a haircut yesterday, by the way. Yes, he looks like a grown little boy. Anyway, Judah begot Perez and Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez got, begot Haran, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amimadad, and Amimadad begot Nashon. Some of these names are even hard to say, you know. And Nashon begot Salmon. Depends on where you're at. It might be Salmon. I don't know. Salmon, depending on where you're from. I think Is that how they say it up north, Salmon? Or do we say that down south? They say Salmon somewhere. Salmon, yeah, that's right. They'll sound. Noel, Noel, that's right. Noel. Anyway, Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. Listen to this word. The king. This is the gospel of the king. David, the king, begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. She doesn't even get mentioned by name. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. And Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. You know some of these names, I know. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz. And Ahaz, Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Amon. And Amon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah. And his brothers, about the time they were carried away to Babylon. After they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shiltiel. And Shiltiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiad. Abiad begot Elakim. And Elakim begot Azar. And Azar begot Zadok. And Zadok begot Akim. And Akim begot Eluid. Eluid. Eluid begot Eleazar. Eleazar begot Mathan. And Mathan begot Jacob. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. I like this part right here. It says, so all the generations, sorry to put a Z on there, but people won't let me do that around here. From Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the Babylon captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Christ was as follows. As his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she is found to be with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these th things, 
Behold, there's that word, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, look, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took his wife and did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. I want to talk for just a few minutes this morning, maybe not too long, about an hour two hours um, from this topic the proof of the proof of pedigree proof of pedigree heavenly father we thank you so much that despite our pedigree despite where we come from despite how much we add up or don't add up or never will add up you love us anyway you're a good God. You keep on getting better. I pray this morning as over the next few minutes you would help me move out of the way. You'd help me hear your spirit. Allow your spirit to speak to each one of us individually. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm not going to bring Austin back up here, but I could. Because there's something about your family line, you know. Me and Austin put on the same hat and go out across the yard. <laughs> you might not know which one's which if we had a, well, if you got a haircut. If we had our backs turned to you, <laughs> walk in the other direction. Because it's funny how much you mimic or look like the people in your family tree. Have you ever noticed fathers and sons, a lot of times they'll have same mannerisms. They'll they'll do things the same. They'll They'll make hand gestures and things that are actually the same. Some of us, we look down our line and our pedigree, we go, ooh. If you don't... <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, just look straight ahead because you're probably the one in your family that everybody else is thinking about in this moment. And so this is a book of transition, the book of Matthew. Jesus, the, Israel's been waiting for a long time for this king to arrive on the scene. And, and, and I don't know about you, um, I learned something this week. I hope to learn something every day, but I was studying for this and I learned something I didn't know. I might be stupid for not knowing this. All of you in this room may know this. I may be the only one, but if I am, just give me grace. But unlike in the United States when we elect a president, the only qualification for that is that you are born in this country. But if you go to countries who have kings, there's a qualification. You have to be of the family bloodline. You have to be part of that family tree. You have to be purely from that line. Here's what I didn't know, and maybe you knew this, and I don't know what this has to do with this story but, or this passage, but I'll let you know. Um, in England, back in the early 1800s, was it Queen Victoria where that line started? She had in her family line, there was a, what is it called, hemophilia? 
where people bleed out and they don't stop bleeding. And it was all throughout that line. The funny thing is it didn't go down the English line. Back in that day, they would marry people off to their um, other countries as like a treaty. But through the line of Spain, and I forget what the other line is, Russia. All throughout that family tree, you see these kids who came up and because of this disease, many of them died at a, young, at a young age because they would start bleeding. One of them was actually circumcised and never stopped bleeding and died in that family line. I don't know what that has to do <laughs> with this, other than the fact that unlike the United States and other places where there is a king, it is important that you come from the lineage and the bloodline of the king. We read through some of the Bible and we see these begots, like in Matthew. The begots are there for a reason. See, the begots prove to us who Jesus is. They prove the pedigree of the king. See, Jesus' lineage, his, his, his genealogy is given in two places. It's given right here in, in Matthew, and it's also given in Luke. In Matthew, he gives it through the line of Mary, through his mother. In Luke, Luke gives it through the line of Joseph, not his actual father, but his adopted earthly father. And the thing about it, if you chase both of their bloodlines backwards, they cross at King David. And then they go all the way back. Right here he starts at, who does he start with? To Abraham. See, it's very important to these people that they know this for inheritances. Because there were different tribes who got different lands and, and they had to know their genealogy to know where back they came from. We don't think a lot about that these days. How many of you guys know anybody past four generations back in your family? Four people? How many five? How many six? Seven? Okay, well, most of you in the room don't. <laughs> most of us will not be remembered past four generations. And we have this lineage of Jesus. It's 42 in the text, but it's actually a little more. They skipped over some people in it. But it's showing his tie back to the king of David. In the text, he also shows another pedigree that, that Jesus has. Because when he talks about Joseph, he says, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born. See, Joseph is not Jesus' father. Jesus is like Adam. He has one father, God the creator. And so when we look at Jesus, the prophecies that, that were told about him, there were four of them. One said that he would come from a woman. That's nice to know because everybody came from a woman except for Adam. But then it says he would come from the seed of Abraham. It also said he would come through the tribe of Judah and of the family of David. Can I tell you this? Jesus is the only person alive that can trace his lineage back to the throne of David. Because all of Jewish history was destroyed in 70 AD when the Romans came in. All the records. But we do have a record of the one king, Jesus. 
who has the best pedigree of all. I want to go back and look at verses 18 to 25. It says, Now the birth of Jesus was his father's after his mother Mary was betrothed. Betrothed was like engaged in that day and time. Unlike you guys, you just got, got engaged when? In July? Was it July? Yeah. Yeah. Betrothed. Betrothed in that day, they would get engaged, and then the woman would go back and live with her family, and then the guy would go live with his family, and then a year later, he'd come get her and take her home. It was a big to-do. They're working on a big to-do. Now the birth of Jesus Christ is betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make a public example of her, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Take Mary as your wife. Now I want you to imagine for a moment. Guys, you're this man. You're this dude. You're engaged to this woman. And she sends you a text message one day. She says, hey, we need to have talk. Um, something you need to know. I mean, you can put yourself in Mary's shoes, lady, if you had to have this conversation with him. I'm pregnant, but <laughs> it's from the Holy Spirit. To which Joseph probably said, what have you been smoking? Could you imagine? For real. And so the, the, the scripture tells us that, that, that Joseph was going to quietly, not publicly, he actually had to get divorced. There had to be legal papers. It was like actually being married except for sex and living together. But just imagine being him. And then an angel shows up to you as if the other thing wasn't scary enough. And says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So I believe there are things in our lives, each and every one of us, God's calling us to in these moments, in these days that we find ourselves in. And Corona 2020, that we probably don't want to step into because it's scary. God's never going to call you to something that doesn't take any faith. Can you imagine the faith it took to say, hey, come on, Mary. The commentaries say he actually went and took her. They didn't, they didn't take the whole year. He took her right then. Brought her into his home. And trusted Jesus in the place where nobody else would understand. And it says, so all this was done that the scripture might be fulfilled. From Isaiah 7-11. Is that right? 7-11? That just... <laughs> it's 7, something might be 14. I'm sorry. Because Matthew's book was a book of fulfillment. All throughout scripture, his book, we see fulfillment. 
Matter of fact, the Gospels are showing the fulfillment. They're pointing back to the person that Jesus is. It says, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took his wife and did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son. His name was Jesus. Which is like, Jehovah in the Greek. God the Savior. His pedigree was pure. I want to talk about the truth this morning of your pedigree. See, you and I, we were born as a son of Adam, physically, in this earth. And we belong to the Joshua generations. Hey, Nick, can you pull up, uh, I didn't give you this, Genesis 5. I want us to look at the, 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 the genealogy of Adam. And I want you to notice something different in this genealogy that we didn't see in the other one. And I pulled it up on my phone. My bad. I should have told you beforehand. I wasn't planning on this. Is this is the Holy Spirit? This wasn't in my notes. Because He wants you to see something. Genesis five. It says this is the book of the genealogy. There it is, of Adam. In that day, God created man. He made him in His likeness. Okay, I got to go on down. So let's go to verse 15. Mahili lived 60 years and begot Jared. Huh. He might be speaking to somebody. After he begot Jared. I don't even know how to say this next name. He lived 830 years and had sons and daughters. So all who, all the days of Mahila were 895 years and he died. The genealogy of Adam and the pedigree of Adam is death. But the pedigree of Jesus Christ is life. A fresh start. A new thing for those of us who trust Jesus Christ as our Savior. See, when Jesus brought, God brought Jesus into the earth, He's saying, Behold, look. The one that I said was coming for a long time is here. He's on the scene. He's arrived. But not the way you thought He would arrive. In a lowly manger. Born to a girl who had didn't even have the experience necessary to produce what God had called her to do in her life. But God, because of His goodness, because He keeps on getting better, chose her. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Maybe you came in here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus Christ.
as your Savior. I got good news. You can do that right here today. The Bible says we've all fallen short, we've all sinned, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus when we place our faith and trust in Him. And so today, I want to ask you if you've never done it, trust Jesus with your life. And begin a new relationship with him today. And you may just want to say a simple prayer like this. It's not a prayer that saves you, but it's your faith that saves you. It says, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. But right now I'm placing my faith and trust in you. I believe you died on the cross for me. Come into my life. Save me from my sins. Help me become more like you. Grow more and more like you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. That was such an awesome message from our pastor, Chris Phillips. We really do hope that you enjoyed it too and that you'll tune in next time. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit us online at generations.church. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Generations Church. And don't forget, we do spell it with the Z. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.